You are listening to the Fur Road Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God and love people. For more information about Fur Road, visit furroadcc.org. That is F-I-R-R-O-A-D-C-C dot org. Now for this week's message. Who is somebody that you wanted to be like? I think most of us at some point in our life have tried to emulate or become like somebody else. Uh, we measure ourselves to somebody that we think is better, uh, taller, more athletic, or, or really is the image of what we want to become. Uh, for me, someone that I wanted to be like was I think a lot of people who were basketball fans in the early 90s, uh, there was this really good marketing scheme that Gatorade came up with, uh, matching themselves with Michael Jordan. How many of you wanted at some point to be like Mike? Anybody else? Yeah, Corey and I? All right, the rest of you, I'm sorry that you missed out on that uh, nostalgia and that opportunity. But for me, I wanted to be like Mike. He was the first basketball player that I really remembered becoming a true fan of. And watching him win the championships in the 90s, it inspired me to want to be like him. And so I did everything that I could to become like Michael Jordan. You know, uh, I bought a jersey, you know, because that makes you more like him. If you wear the same jersey, then you obviously are going to become as good as him. Uh, I practiced the drills. I watched him and studied his, uh, the way he played the game of basketball. Uh, I bought like those ankle weights and wore those special shoes that are supposed to make you be able to jump higher. Uh, and I would just sit outside and I would practice basketball for hours and hours because I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. And this marketing scheme really Really force that upon a generation and ingrain that where people would practice and try to be like him all across America. And even other NBA basketball players wanted to be like him. He was one of the greatest of all times and just changed and revolutionized basketball, not only in America, but really globally. I can remember even in Taiwan, 10 years after his career ended, people still wearing Michael Jordan stuff and wanting to be like Mike. Uh, but I discovered that no matter what I wore, no matter what the shoes I had, no matter how much I practiced, no matter how much Gatorade I drank, I was never going to be like Mike. Uh, there was just obvious physical limitations, I know that's hard to imagine, uh, that I just could not be somebody that he was. It didn't matter how many shots I took, how long I practiced, there was no way that I was ever going to be like Mike. I think he's one of the heroes for a lot of people, and if you kind of put ourselves in a different place, in a different time, in a different era, uh, one of the reasons that God gave us the Old Testament is he put characters in there that I think that sometimes we should strive and desire to be like. And I think looking through the life of Elisha, we've seen one of those people that a lot of the people growing up or hearing the stories of the Old Testament, the people in the Jewish history and Jewish culture, they would have wanted to be like Elisha. They would have seen the miracles that we've studied and wanted to be like him, to have the Holy Spirit come on him, to assume the mantle of Elijah, another prophet, to be able to heal people, to be able to, to open up people's eyes. I think if you were going to ask people in that culture, in that era, a lot of people would have said, who do you want to be like? They were, their answer would have been Elisha. 
And I think that as we've studied it, maybe that's been something that you've had roll in your head is maybe you've been inspired in some way to be more like Elisha. Maybe the Holy Spirit's put on your heart to either pray boldly or, or serve other or share people or step out in faith or to encourage and pray for people who may need to have their eyes opened. Whatever it might be, I hope that in this study you've strived to want to become a little bit more like Elisha. I think we should look and read at the Bible in a way that we want to be like the characters in there. And they're really real people. I think they're, every person in Scripture, for the most part, uh, has their genuine life. We get the good with the bad. And that is really a lot like us. And I think becoming like the heroes in the Bible is a little bit more attainable than some of the other heroes that we see in our lives. I think that as we look into the life of Elisha, I kind of want to do a synopsis if you will of some of the things that we've learned some of the things that we've studied and some of the ways that maybe we should be like Elisha but as we get to this part also something that I really want to focus in and don't think that we've dug into the level that we really ought to have at this point is making this comparison of somebody else who wanted to in some ways be like Elisha and it may surprise you who this person is, this character in the New Testament that emulated the life of Elisha in more ways than we probably realize. And, and that person is Jesus. Elisha's name's only mentioned one time in the entire New Testament. And surprisingly, it's Jesus who brings him up. And it's Jesus who wants to be like Elisha in some way. If you look at Luke 4, 20 through 21, Jesus is in this place, actually the first time that he is speaking in a synagogue. He's in his hometown, and he's trying to really kind of launch his ministry. And he's trying to give people an imagery of who he is going to be like. And we find in this verse, this text, in verse 20 and 21, it says this, He then rolled up the scroll, returned it to the attendant, and he sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began by saying this, Today, this scripture is fulfilled for your hearing. And in verse 27, it says that he draws these parallels at the beginning of his ministry when he compares his own prophetic role to that of Elisha. His, this parallel continues as we see that Jesus' works reminds us of the spectacular and something sometimes strange feat that Elisha performed. So the time, that, as a recording that we have of Jesus, when he gets up and he speaks to the synagogue, he tells them that he is going to be like Elisha in some ways. And again, Elisha's life was absolutely spectacular. His level of fame in Israel possibly could have rivaled that of Jordan in America in the 90s. And we see these similarities between Elisha and Jesus, and there's always intentionality with that. I think Jesus wanted to intentionally link himself to someone who the people in that day and age would have known. They would have been able to recognize and identify with the stories that we're going to kind of look at. And I want you to see the way that Jesus becomes or lives out his ministry like Elisha in several ways. One of the things that they are alike in that might surprise you is actually their names also have similar meanings. Elisha means God is salvation. 
while Jesus means Yahweh will save. They both point to God. They both link God to the source of salvation. And so through that, through their lives, through their ministries, through their proclamations, they're pointing to God in their ministry. Now, if you remember back to the first one of the first weeks that we covered this, as Elisha is coming and beginning his ministry, he asks Elisha, Elijah for a double portion of the Holy Spirit. And it's at the banks of the Jordan River that he begins and gets to test the Holy Spirit for the first time when he uses Elijah's cloak to divide the Jordan River to cross. It's interesting, I think, that Jesus' ministry also begins in the Jordan River. After he's baptized in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit comes on him as well. And so there's that parallel of them both beginning their ministry in the same river with the Holy Spirit coming down on them to really empower them to do the things that they were going to do. Another way that these two people were similar is that they both raised someone from the dead. Uh, a woman's adult son uh, was raised to the dead by Elisha, and when he went to the Shunammite, I always have a hard time with that word, Shunammite woman, for, and laid on him, and he rose, he rose him from the dead. Jesus raises the son of a widow of Nain from the dead, and so that was something that they both had as you're comparing their biographies. Another thing that they did was that they both fed large numbers of people with a small quantity of food. We're very familiar probably with the feeding of the 4,000 and the feeding of the 5,000 of Jesus. You know, when the little boy brings this loaves and fish and Jesus divides it and there's leftover baskets, uh, we don't oftentimes remember that Elisha did something similar on a smaller scale. He fed a hundred people by dividing some bread and some fish that were there as well. And so that's another connection that people would have made as they're seeing Jesus live out his ministry and comparing him to Elisha. They also turned, and this is a little bit more of a stretch, I'll give you that. They turn a small amount of liquid into uh, something else. You know, we read about a woman who had the need and the oil that she was able to pour from the small flask into all the empty vases. Uh, there was a resource that was unlimited there that helped turn that into it. Jesus had another form of a liquid miracle, if you will, uh, and his first miracle in Canaan where when he turns water into wine. And so they both had this connection to liquid in that way. And not so much of a stretch is that they also both healed lepers. Elisha helped heal Naaman and gave him the guidance in that way. Jesus oftentimes healed lepers. We have a few different stories where he specifically does that. But having the ability to cure one of the most incurable diseases at the time would have impacted people. It would have been memorable and something that changed the, the dynamics and the hope that people had in what God could do and the change that that meant to their life and the salvation that was connected to that that we talked about is an amazing connection. They also both made things that should, were, should sink float. Elisha makes an iron axe head that sunk float, and Jesus helps Peter who sinks float also. Uh, as Peter tried to walk on water, so the ability to defy physics in a way and make things happen that shouldn't happen, God did that through both of them. He also both were able to give sight to the blind. Elisha 
allows his servant to see that God's army. Uh, Jesus often restored sight to people who were blind physically. Another interesting thing is they're both betrayed by someone who was a lover of money. Elisha was betrayed by his uh, servant Gehazi because after the healing of Naaman, he offered him all of these different rewards as kind of like a prize or a thank you gift. And at first, Elisha, well, Elisha does say no, but his servant goes chasing after him and asks for those things back. And so his greed ultimately caused his downfall uh, and destruction. And uh, Jesus also had someone who was close to him who had the love of money kind of take them on a detour and end in bad ways. And that, of course, was Judas as he sold Jesus out for the 30 pieces of silver. And so they both had the identity of someone betraying them for the love of money. But another remarkable connection, and I don't think you're going to find too many other people that share this connection, and is their ability to raise people to life. One of the most bizarre stories in scriptures it comes after Elisha actually dies and his bones uh, are in a tomb. And these raiders are coming by and they have this dead body and they throw this dead body into the tomb and it touches Elisha's bones. And to the raider's surprise, this person who they threw in dead comes out alive. That's a story that people aren't probably going to believe. But Jesus gives life also. He gave life and raised people from the dead like Lazarus. But more importantly, his ability to give life to other people who touch him or are touched by him. And that is life that is endless. Most of us in here have been touched by that. Most of us in here have been given life because of our connection and our ability to be exposed to Jesus and have his saving grace cover our sins. That's one of the most remarkable connections that Elisha has to Jesus. One of the interesting things about this is that everything God does points to this. Elisha's ministry set up something for Jesus to emulate later. And Actually, he does things a little better, right? If we compare a lot of these things side by side, Jesus' ministry surpasses the amazing things that would have boggled everybody's, everybody's mind in Elisha's day. They would have thought that that was something spectacular, but then Jesus comes along and he does things even more spectacularly. And it points again to the things that God can do but then the things that God can do in a grander fashion, a bigger fashion, a more amazing way. Jesus' extraordinary ministry and the things that he did proves that he is one of the prophets of God who never changes. And really that was the thing that tied these two people together across the generations is that they had the same spirit. The spirit of God was in Elisha. And the Spirit of God was in Jesus. It wasn't on their own will. It wasn't on their own desire. They didn't go out and practice things. They didn't go and put on certain clothes. They didn't do anything on their own. It was only through the power of the Holy Spirit that they were able to do any and all of those. And we see through both lives the grandeur of the Holy Spirit and the impact that he can have. And how one person can be like another. 
And while Elisha was only a prophet, when Jesus came around and he emulated the life of Elisha, he wanted people to understand something else, that he wasn't just a prophet. He wanted them to know that he was the prophesied one. And that is something that is not like Elisha. Jesus made a point that his life was different, that he came with a different purpose, given and empowered by the same spirit, but for a different reason. He came to save the lost. And that's something that we should look at and want to emulate as well. We learn about God's prophetic message through Hebrews 1 through 4, and it says this, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, and again, this book was written to people who would have been familiar with the life of Elisha, uh, the Hebrew people who knew this story, who knew his miracles, who probably wanted to be like him. God inspires the author of Hebrew to... Uh, paint this picture and proclaim that, that Jesus is the prophesied one. So as they read this passage, this would have been transformational to them as they read it for the first time. It would have been enlightening and awe-inspiring as they read these verses. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets like Elisha at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through him he also made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins. I think it's an important part in there that, again, the prophesied one, he came to purify sins. After doing that, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name that he has inherited is superior to theirs. Elisha was prophet's. But Jesus was the prophesied one. Jesus became this new representation of God. And he provided something that no other prophets did. The purification of sins. This allowed Jesus' ministry to be superior and established a better example. So instead of wanting to just be like Elisha, it should stir us. It should encourage us to be like Jesus, like the Christ. Jesus' life and ministry and eventual death on a cross showed people a superior way to live their lives and it offered this opportunity for every person to connect with God in a new and profound way. To become like Jesus and become a child of God. In John, 1 John 4, it says this, this is how we know that we live in him and that he lives in us. He has given us his spirit 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. That should be something that is so hard for you to wrap your mind around. That God lives in us and that we live in God. But that's the promise and what we get when we become like Jesus. We receive the same Holy Spirit that Jesus received. Verse 16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. I don't think I could ever completely understand and accept that, that we can be like Jesus. To me, Jesus is on a level far surpassing Michael Jordan. The things that he did, the things that he was able to do, the things that he accomplished, the reason he came, the relationship he had with God, the miracles he did, the lives that he changed. But in this verse, it puts us on an equal playing field as Jesus. And it wasn't because Jesus had any special abilities it was because God empowered him with his Holy Spirit to have those abilities. The same spirit that was in Elisha was in Jesus. And we are promised that same spirit in us to do things as miraculous as Elisha, to do things as miraculous as Jesus. If we have the faith and the belief, if we spend the time in prayer and practice in living out our lives and doing what God calls us to do, the things that we can become, we can become like Jesus. In this world, we are like Jesus. For generations, people wanted to be like the prophets, but we're given the opportunity to become like the prophesied one. That's unbelievable. And one of the most incredible things about being a Christian. The verses tell us that if we acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, if we believe in him, we repent of our sins, that we confess that he is the Lord of our lives, if we ask God for the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, then God will live in us and we will live in connection with God. And through that love, God's love is made complete in us. And when we love like Jesus, when we live like Jesus, we can become like him. And we're guaranteed that God loves us the same as he loved Jesus. In Ephesians 5, Paul writes this to his people. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Jesus was like Elisha in many ways. 
but here in this verse, we're encouraged to be like Jesus in many ways. We are called to be imitators of Jesus, to emulate the Emmanuel, because God is with us. God gave us the ultimate example how to follow and live our lives in Christ, to love like Jesus did and to discern how to live our lives with a God who supersedes the universe and understands and can empower us in ways that we could never imagine. So as we walk away, as we live our lives, as you go out and do the things that God is calling you to do, and hopefully you're praying daily for that, that the Holy Spirit would empower you, guide you, challenge you, change you. If you take the time to emulate the Emmanuel then we are promised that we can become like Christ, who was like Elisha. And it puts us again on that same level with the access to the same spirits. We can live and love like Jesus. We can have the same impact on the lives like Jesus did. I think sometimes we minimize our impact. We minimize the Holy Spirit in our lives. We think that we're always going to be down here and don't ever feel like we can be like Jesus, that we can change the lives of those around us. But I want to encourage you that you can be used in that way. If you care, show compassion, show love to others, you can impact and change lives around you. We have examples of that everywhere you look. There's probably somebody in your life that you want to be like because of the way that they care, the way they have compassion, the way they love like Jesus. Like somebody who you are all familiar with, and I'm going to pick on him because this is last Sunday is Jordan, right? He wanted his ministry to be this. He wanted to be an example of being caring, of being compassionate, of being loving. You know, he has wanted and poured into the youth and the students in this church. He, he wanted to emulate the life of Jesus. And he, in some ways, he wanted them to emulate his following of Jesus. And it, he wanted them to become like him because he is like Jesus. That's the way he did ministry, is loving kids and loving students like Jesus loves him. And really, that's all it takes, is us to love others as Jesus loves to make our life mission to live life in a way that we can be like Christ.